Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast on self-development. My name is Daniel Godwin and I'm honored to have you listening today. I want you to understand that self-development is an unending challenge to discovering your limitations in life. What I mean is how great you are as a person and what could be the highest thing you could ever be in life. Now, I believe that nothing in life happens by accident. I believe that nothing is random and I believe that everything happens for a reason and there is a plan. Scientists believe that the odds of us existing in this world is 1 in 400 trillion. You know what that means? That means that something or someone literally picked us up and put us right here on planet Earth for a reason. I don't believe there are any shortcuts to self-development. I believe that in life, it is a lesson in life. And as we go through these lessons, we'll have failures and setbacks. And we'll pick up all these setbacks and improve on them. That is how we develop. Primarily, I also believe that for you to self-develop in life, you have to know who you are. So the theme of my podcast for you today, which is under self-development, is identifying whom you are. I'm going to use myself as a personal case study in which I'll talk about how I identified who I was. And I hope that as you hear these things and meditate, you glide with me. And in the process, you will also identify whom you are. All right. So I'll ask you, who really are you? Please don't think, please don't mention your name in your mind because your name is not you. Your name is just a physical identity to your body. Do you understand? Your name is an identity to your physical body. Best put, your name is an identity to your physical body. It is not you. Whom you are, I'm talking about right now, is your consciousness. All right. Whom Whom you are, I'm thinking about, is your consciousness. There's something in you. That is not a name. It's something that has ne- that will never be duplicated. It's something that has never been duplicated or will ever be recreated. It is unique. Alright? It is not a name somebody has bred before or bear after you've passed on. It is your mind. And your mind is divided into th- two things. Your mind is your conscious and your subconscious. This conscious is that mind that tells you, you know, do these things. I'm here. I want to go out. I want to come in. I'm conscious of of it raining, I'm conscious of there being power in my house, I'm conscious of the fact that I'm hungry. It's loud. You often are in control of that. Your subconscious mind, which is the most powerful part of your mind, is is often quiet, but it has much, much more control over you. In the sense that you might say you don't want to go to the gym, or you and then you might say you don't want to go out, or you end up going out. Now, you ask yourself, why do you do things that you intentionally said you didn't want to do before, but you ended up doing it? Now, subconsciously, you did it. Now, the reason is because you are now the person that the subconscious mind has more power over. So today, I want you to, you know, identify that you have a conscious mind and that you have a subconscious mind and that the conscious mind is what you've always been in control of and the reason why you have no control over the things that some other things that happen in your life is because you don't have control over the subconscious mind the conscious and the subconscious are the two things that make up your mind your spiritual entity your soul make no mistake your mind and your soul is one so um the thing here is that when you ask a person who are you often they'll say um i'm john i'm caroline i'm james i'm david i'm tutu names just names that is not who you are 
those arduous names. Some people leave and they die without really knowing who they are. It's sad. They have a job, they get married, they go to school, they die, they leave a will. They live life according to what society has planned for them, according to societal opinions. And they never communicated with themselves. You know why? Because they find it so difficult to talk to themselves. They find it so hard to be alone. They even dread from being alone. The thought of communicating with themselves scares them. And they never ever get to understand who they are. Think of this life as a manual. Think of you as a manual in which you were put in you all the answers in this world. Mark me by these words. Whatever it thinks that whatever thing in life that you seek answers for, you will never find them outside. You will always find those answers inside of you. That's the trick. Everything you seek in life, every answer, it is on the inside of you. Now, there's a journey to this system, and you know, um, now that you can see what I'm talking about, I'm trying to introduce you to your subconscious mind. I'm trying to make you understand that your identity is not your name. I'm trying to make you see that you can only find your identity when you have control over your subconscious mind. How? Why? Now, there's something that Steve Jobs said. He said, um, he said, you need to have the courage to follow your heart and your intuition because somehow they already know what you want to become. Why did he say that? Because for the people that live life in fear of being alone and not knowing whom they really are, they often go through midlife crisis, they often get confused, they don't know their passion, they don't know their vision, they don't know their purpose. He's saying to those people that, look, no matter, no matter how tough it gets with you right now, I'll give you the easy way out. Follow your heart. Follow your intuition. It already knows what you truly want to become. Now, can we agree that if something already knows what you truly want to become, that thing knows you. But the you that he knows is not your name, but he knows you. So the heart that he says you should follow is your passion. The intuition that he mentioned is your mind. That part of the mind is your subconscious mind. For the subconscious mind to already know what you truly want to become, then the subconscious mind knows you. Now, are you connecting the dots? Are you connecting what I'm talking about right now? So for the subconscious mind to know what you truly want to become, the subconscious mind knows you. The subconscious mind is very, very powerful. Most scientists have come out to say they think it's, it's a healer. It's a mind healer. Examples of two fat people under some science experiments they both wanted to lose weight. One went through exercises, you know, went to the gym, lost weight. The other one stayed home, lived a normal life, and subconsciously kept thinking to himself, he's going to lose weight. After four weeks, he lost as much weight as the guy that went to the gym did. How is that possible? Two can a cancer patient one time was diagnosed of cancer, was told he was going to have like a limited time on earth. You know what he did? He went, bought CDs, bought movies, bought comedies, bought food, locked himself in the house and watched TV and taught himself that, you know, what they've told me is rubbish and I am well. He kept saying to himself subconsciously, I am well, I am good, I am healthy. After some time, with deep convince, convincing in his mind that he was well, after some time, he was negative. How did that happen? 
nobody knows. But these are proofs that people come out to talk about how powerful the subconscious mind has healed them or changed their situation. The subconscious mind does not know how to take a joke. That's why people always say, don't come out and say negative things about yourself. I, for example, I can wake up in the morning and say, oh Christ, it's going to be a horrible day if it's raining. And immediately I counter it and say, no, it's going to be a beautiful day. You know why? Because I know the subconscious mind cannot take a joke. It doesn't know how to take a joke. So you need to be careful like, with the thoughts you have you know, running through your mind and stuff like that. Now, um, I know of a way in which um, a person can, you know, can awaken that subconscious mind. And that has to do with self-enlightenment. Um, people self-enlighten through different ways. I self-enlightened because of my upbringing. My mom um, played a vital role in my growing up. You know, she made me make independent decisions such that at very young ages, I was made to believe I was something more than I thought. She was planting me in words with words such as, you cannot be sick because you are bigger than sickness, my son. There is nothing you cannot do because you come from God and God is in you, my son. And she says things like, you know, you are greater than you can even imagine. No, she made me feel special. The proper upbringing process my mom did pushed and you know triggered me. Some other people have different reasons, but my mom didn't just make me think I had a lot of power. The people around me did. She made my uncles, my brothers, my aunties. She made sure that everybody had to follow the routine in which she wanted her kid to think and be brought up in. So basically, I grew up thinking I was special. I always said, yeah, I'm special, I'm special. And when I was a teenager, I, you know, she made me curious already in the sense that sometimes I'll just look up to the sky and I'm like, who put the star there? And I'll go in, I'm like, mommy, who put the star there? And she says, God. And I come on, I'm like, mom, why do we have hospitals? Who had the first hospital? And mom, why is there school? Why do I have to go to school? You know, I was so curious. Sometimes it got me a lot of trouble, but, you know, because I was asking all the questions and she wanted me to question everything because she wanted me, and you know, that curious nature made me question myself. And that was how I awakened my subconscious mind. So one day when I was young, I just sat down and I was talking to myself and I snapped and I was like, wait, wait, wait. Who, whose voice is that? How am I able to talk and I hear another voice at the same time? Because I was saying, you know what, I need to go out and see my friend. And another voice came and said, no, maybe I shouldn't go out. And I'm like, oh, wait, 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 hold up. Who has our other voice? And how come it sounds like my voice without opening my mouth? Like, who is that? So I started to ask myself, wait, who, who am I? Who really are you? You that is speaking inside of me. What are you? You know, and I started to ask myself, wait, where were you before mommy had you in her womb? I couldn't remember. And I asked myself, okay, where were you? What were you doing in 1996? as a child and I couldn't remember and I'm like I picked random days on the calendar and I couldn't remember what I did those days and I said you know what where were you before you were born I couldn't remember and I said you know what at what stage do you think you had your first memory you and then you can say you attained your consciousness I didn't know I felt like a little boy in the river drowning and I was put in some kind of puzzle called life in which I can't remember the beginning but all I remember is the now that sounds crazy. <laughs> it did sound crazy to me back then. And so I was mind blown and I would ask myself, 
these questions over and over and over again every day. And it was really a problem for me because um, I, did, I knew I was special, but I did not know whom I was. And so I picked up a pen and I picked up a paper. And I wrote on the left side of the, of the paper, fulfillment, and the right side of the paper, disgust. So I listed all the things that I could have remembered from whenever I can remember anything that gave me joy, made me happy, fulfilled my life, and gave me reasoning. And on the right-hand side, I, I listed out everything that gave me disgust and things I couldn't stand and things that annoyed me and whatnot. What I want you to do right now is to get a paper and a pen and do those things. Get a pen, get a paper. On one side, write the things that gives you joy and fulfillment. And on the other side, write the things that gives you disgust as much as you can remember. What you will find out is that there's a pattern and nothing happens by accident in your life. You see that the things that you like are connected. How come you like the, the reason why you like these things? It, it makes sense why you also like these other things. And for you to hate this thing, that makes sense because if you hate this thing, then you should hate these other things. So I was, I was, I was beginning to understand that, oh, my purpose in life is that I have to make the world a better place. And I cannot really stand systems that were non-transparent and where there was inequality. So I would always stand for making a difference in my society which I would explain why I was always uncomfortable when things weren't working where I was. If my school system is bad, if I see that maybe the roads are bad, I always felt you know, some kind of discomfort. Like, isn't there someone that's supposed to be accountable for this bad road? Isn't there someone that's accountable for this light working? I was asking those questions and I always felt uneasy every day. So when I was listing those things down, I was like, oh, wow. So if these things are annoying me, and when I see things that are working and they make me so happy, then it means my identity must be tailored towards these things. So I was able to plot my graph that my identity, which my mind is pointing me to, is that I'm supposed to stand for something that makes a difference. And if things don't work, I'm supposed to be able to think them into progression. All right? Now, for another person, the person might be a leader. And for you to be a leader, there are things that you see in your likes and dislikes. And for you to be um, a teacher, you see things from your likes and dislikes. And for you to be a healer, maybe a medical doctor, you see some likes and dislikes. All right? For you to be a researcher, you also see some likes and dislikes. So we're talking about your new identity. Your new identity is not your name. Your new identity is what this graph is going to point you to. So while you are saying, hi, I'm Shadi, when I ask you, for example, who are you? Oh, my name is Shadi. But have it at the back of your mind whom your mind is. It's not a name. It is a statement. It is a purpose. And you came here with that purpose and a manual. A manual that was going to guide you how to be you. So if you trust your subconscious, your mind is going to lead you in how to be your purpose in life. I'm so glad that we can talk about these things. I know this is a very short podcast session, and when I talk to you next, I don't want I don't only want to address this purpose that you found out that is your new identity. I want to I want to make you have a connection with your subconscious mind. You know, I want you to you to be in love with your thoughts. 
I want you to be something when you are alone. So when you don't have people around you, you can be in you, communicate, because there's a lot about you you need to learn. And the earlier you figure that out, the better. I wish you the best of luck ahead, and I wish I wish to hear your experiences, your feedback, how the experiences you had while you were plotting your graph to figure out your new identity. I'm so thrilled to hear that. I'm open to your feedbacks and your voice notes and your emails. Thank you very much. Have a blessed week ahead. Thank you.